Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You are now listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high flying entertainment that you chose to ride with us. We appreciate that. It's the Solo Week Show, so you get your boy Jay to navigate you through the sports landscape of the hottest topics, late breaking news, things that make no sense, and a few surprises. You can find us on WMQRadio.com and wherever podcasts are served twice a week. So today, I think I'm going to talk about. The NCAA drops a new rule that makes agents have to be certified a la the Rich Paul rule. Hard knocks in the Raiders. Man, I don't want to be fooled. Kevin Durant talks to Chris Hayes about his injury and people are pissed. So I kind of want to dive into that a little bit as well. So I appreciate you guys jumping on here with me as usual here on the Half a Burst Sports Show. It's the solo weekend show. So I'm going to come through with a few things I want to talk about. It's your intro, um, NCAA, Hard Knocks, KD, but um, I kind of want to lead off with uh, a little bit of this. So, if you've been living under a rock, you you probably didn't hear, but the NCAA has decided to put out some uh, some stipulations out there uh, for a particular thing that. They probably should have done a long time ago or allowed a long time ago, but they just recently decided to do it. And I think it has something to do with stuff that's been going on. This is what I'm talking about. I know I'm talking in circles or whatnot, but so right now when, when players decide that they want to dip their toes into the draft and kind of see where they are, the problem they run into is that the evaluations really aren't as good as they possibly could be. The reason being is that these players can't have agents because uh, the minute they sign with an agent, they lose their quote unquote amateurism and they, they are no longer eligible to go back to college. So they don't get an agent and they try to figure out ways to get themselves evaluated. Well, teams can't really tell them what they really want to know about where they can be ranked. So they end up going back to school or they stay in the draft and get undrafted, depending on the situation. You never know because we know who's going to get drafted in the top. But we also and from there, we don't know outside of typically the top five to ten. If a player is actually going to get drafted, as you've seen players drop before. So the NCAA decided that, okay, this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to we're going to be the big guys here. We're going to take care of these players and we're going to show you that we can do something great. We're going to make it to where players can sign with agents if they decide to dip their toes into the draft and see where they're going to be going. Because the key thing behind that is, is remember, in order to get a true evaluation, these players got to travel. They're going to have to go to these draft camps. They're going to have to be looked at by actual pro scouts outside of them being in uh, college so they can see where they're at. Now, I do believe that a lot of players, typically your top 10, don't need to show up to uh, any type of uh, camps or anything because... There's enough hype around them to where they don't have to worry about this. But you have those players that are on the fringe. So 
this new ruling allows for these players to get that evaluation that they've been wanting to get without losing out on eligibility. Because if it's one of those drafts where it's heavy wings or which they all are, or they're heavy point guards or they're heavy bigs and an evaluator says, Hey, you come out this year, you're lucky to get second round because you're not as good as these three guys that are currently in the league. It would be better for you to take advantage of some college time. So some of the players will actually um, decide to go back. So the NCAA is giving them that opportunity to do that. Now, this is the crazy part is the only way for a player to an agent to be certified by the NCAA to allow them to do it. There's a tweet out by John Rothstein uh, talking about this and you know, his sources gave him the information. John, he is a college football, uh, basketball insider for CBS sports. Now remember this is only in hoops. This has nothing to do with football, which is even more interesting to me. I'm kind of curious how that's going to go. So, Sources have told him that the NCAA has officially added criteria for agents who wish to represent student athletes testing the waters for the NBA draft. Criteria is you have to have a one bachelor's degree certified with the MB National Basketball Players Association, the MBPA, for a minimum of three years. And you have to take an in-person exam at the NCAA office in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's laughable at the fact that they expect you to have these criteria in place in order to be an agent. When in all actuality, you really don't need any of that to be able to do the job. You may not do it as great as someone with more experience, but that doesn't mean that you're going to do that great of a job, period. I mean, a lot of agents have done terrible jobs in general. I mean, you can see multiple examples with players. But the fact that they're requiring someone to have a bachelor's degree where most of the players that play college basketball or college sports period, as far as athletes go, don't get degrees. They basically just excluded a very large sector of those that technically could be pretty qualified at doing this. Now, I'm not going to get too far into that portion of it just yet. We'll get that on the other side. But the NCAA, of course, got a lot of backlash from it. And then they put out their statement in regards to why. And their biggest thing is they're trying to protect the eligibility of their client athletes. And this is more so for players that are testing the waters for the NBA draft, which of course this gives them a really, really, really bad look. Looks bad NCAA because no matter what you're trying to pretend like you're helping these people out, you're really not. So now this is what made it funny because the, is the minute that I saw this populate, I was like, Oh shoot. They just created a rich Paul rule. Look up on Twitter through it. Boom. It's everybody's statement. Then of course, LeBron tweets out hashtag the rich Paul rule. And then he um, goes out emoji, emoji, emoji. Can't stop. Won't stop. They big mad. You know, we talked about this a little bit on the show and it's hilarious that they actually think that this rule is really going to stop a rich Paul. Now, let me let me let me step back on that and I'll talk about the Rich Paul rule. Now, this is rule isn't because of Rich Paul himself. Like they can't stop Rich Paul himself. He's got the experience. He actually has a bachelor's degree. Um, he was given an honorary degree by Cleveland State, so he's solid. But it's for those people after Rich Paul. Because think about it. At the status that Rich Paul is at today, he's not looking at players testing the waters at all. 
He has zero interest in that. He he's gonna get your upper echelon players that are guaranteed to get drafted. They already know who he is. They're excited about him. He like and I mentioned it before on the show, last show, that, you know, he's he's younger, he's hipper, he's he relates to them a heck of a lot more to where players gravitate to him in a way. And of course, this is the big thing that everybody says behind this is oh it's nepotism or whatnot, you know, he's only there because of LeBron. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Like, for real, if someone can tell me the issue with the way they did this, I am all ears. And this is why I'm all ears behind this, because think about it. Think about it. I mentioned this a couple of shows ago, which is even funnier. I talked about how players are going broke and Chris Paul was talking about financial literacy and stuff and how nobody in the locker room talks about it. And I mentioned how in a couple of articles I was reading and a couple of statements, people were saying that. A lot of professional athletes, when they go pro, they are the quote unquote saving grace for their community, not just their family. They're the one that got out of the slums or the projects or whatever. And everyone reaches out to them for help. And these players feel so obligated to the village that they raise them that they do what they can to help grow and help get everybody else out too. They literally try to do that, which leads to a lot of them payroll. And when I talk about payroll, meaning that they're just giving them handouts and doing stuff for them, that they make themselves go broke. I mean, there was some players. I mean, Antonio Walker had like 40 to 50 people, if not 70 something people on payroll, basically getting money out of them. Dude making 300, I think he's made like 200 something mil his career and he burned through it all. And it was because he had so many people in his pockets and at the same time, bad real estate deals. There's so many different things that can happen. But literally the, the way LeBron and Rich Paul and his crew has done this, LRMR, this is literally the blueprint, the way that you want this to be done. So if you have a tight nucleus of friends and one of you end up going pro, why wouldn't you want to hire your friend and get them into positions where they can become completely independent, but you're all business partners and still kick it at the same time? I mean, why not? Think about it. No, for real. Think about it. Think about a, if you had a close friend and you both were athletes and he was destined to go pro. And he said, hey, man, we tight and I like everything that you're doing. I like your hustling grind. I'm going to bring you up with me. And what I'm going to do is instead of you being with me all the time, I'm going to get you a job with somebody that's going to be working with and we're going to groom you. And you work out, you continue that same hustle. We're going to do this together. Wouldn't you take it too? Like, I don't understand why people think it's a negative that Rich Paul wrote LeBron's coattail to do his own thing, because that's the smartest thing you could possibly do as a professional athlete when it comes to bringing your friends. That's how you bring the village up. You bring the village up by teaching them how to do their own thing. So let's go to the timeline of Rich Paul. It's so funny that I defended him literally on my last solo, but this is what this is. This is how it's going. Everybody's attacking the man. It's like everybody forgets that if they were they would they would switch positions with him in a heartbeat and do that with their best friend tomorrow. They would have done it yesterday if you gave him the option, and that's just keeping it real. So Rich Paul basically was hired on by Leon Rose. It was a CAA. I think that's the organization. Um, uh, the athletic agency that he was part of, but Leon Rose was uh, LeBron's first agent. He got him his first two deals. 
And so Rich Paul was an associate there. He learned the game, learned the trade. He started to meet people, shake hands, kiss babies, and created his own foundation. It's so funny. He created his own foundation so well. Uh, I was listening to Bomani Jones, uh, and I always talk about him on the show a lot because he's one of my favorite ESPN people to listen to because I feel like he's the most relatable in my personal opinion. But he was talking about – this was a long time ago. But he talked about on his show how somebody was talking about Rich Paul – and um, when they were talking about him, he was Rich was talking about, yeah, I'm about to go meet with Bob, you know, once I finish chopping up with you guys. And he's at ESPN studio. And he's at like, I think in Miami or whatever. And Bo's kind of like, Bob, who the heck is he talking about? Dude was talking about Robert Eager, the CEO of Disney. He knows him on a first name basis. That's not just the LeBron effect. That's Rich Paul being smart. Now, LeBron may have been an influence on being able to make that connection, but Rich Paul's a hustler. So one thing we can't do is hate on him actually being smart about the way he's doing things. Because believe you me, if I had a friend that had the opportunity that wanted to pull me up and say, hey, Hey, Jay, if you, you want to come do television here at whatever, CBS Sports, I've got a spot where I can get you in to come do this for a living. Oh, please believe I'm going to be there. I'm going to utilize that nepotism, and I'm not going to walk in there and say, hey, man, give me the job. I'm going to be like, hey, what do I need to do to show you that I can do this too? Heck, I'm doing a podcast today because I really want to get into radio one day. Now, is it a guarantee? No, I just got to keep hustling and grinding. I got to keep putting myself out there. And I also got to do a better job of continuously putting together good content. So it's going to take practice. So I'm going to have to increase my practice and do more stuff and do more out there to put myself out there to where you guys notice me more to where I become a big deal. It's hard work. All of this is a grind. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of stuff. And that's the thing that Rich Paul has done with the situation. So with the NCAA trying to stop anybody else that's trying to pursue it the same way that Rich Paul do the, has done is preposterous. It's ridiculous. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And they're, and, they're, and like I said, they're doing, they're saying they're doing this to protect eligibility of their clients. They're trying to protect their clients. And it's stupid. You don't need a bachelor's degree to be really good at that job. Because all you gotta do is get an internship at another com- at that company at a at a agency if they if they're willing to do that and they mentor you, you can do that job no problem and not have a degree. Now, even better, this is the best part about all of this. So, in their statement, this is what they said. Now, you guys tell me if this is ridiculous. And then, per Jeff uh, Brazello of ESPN, agents must also agreed to cooperate with the NCAA in connection with his investigations and analysis of possible rules violations, even if the alleged violations are unrelated to their NCAA agent certification. So in other words, they want them to snitch. Hey guys, we'll let you be the agent of these players and let them dip their toes in the draft and come back. But you got to snitch. How many agents you think is going to actually snitch? I was actually uh, texting one of my homegirls. She's actually an NFL agent. She has a player with the Cleveland Browns. We were laughing about it, and she's like, no. Why would I snitch on – why would I snitch on somebody? Like, for what? 
so that players can think that, oh, you're going to be snitching on people. So why would I sign with you? You've just got, you just eliminated yourself from everybody's list. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to snitch at all. There's, there's, there's zero chance that you're going to be now. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me scale that back. There's a possibility you'll get some agents that will say they will quote unquote cooperate, but there's no guarantee they're going to do it. Because if you truly think about it, why would you cooperate with the NCAA who botches all their investigations? Heck, this last big investigation that went down with all these coaches and stuff, the NCAA didn't do it. It's the FBI because of money laundering. They basically got a guy that said, hey, man, you may have got me, but I got way more stuff for you. I know a cat that's out here laundering money to these college uh, players. And, yeah, from these – from these shoe companies. I mean, we ain't heard much about shoe companies or anybody else being in trouble, but Hey, players ain't getting in trouble, which is also a good thing. But them coaches show did. Hey, they had coaches that was paying out of pocket. Like you're actually giving your player 10 grand a month. I mean, you making millions a year, but still 10 racks a month. I mean, that, they were doing it. So if the NCAA thinks that these agents are truly going to snitch, they may find some out there, but then those guys aren't going to be the ones representing these players when they actually get drafted. So NCAA, you probably put your foot in the mouth since you felt the need to try to minimize the opportunity for people like Rich Paul or Uncle Dennis, someone, the family member or the friend that wants to get into being an agent. Hell, Lamar uh, Jackson's mom is his agent in the NFL. If you want to eliminate that, this is not the right way to go because believe you me, they're going to find a way to get in there. Three years minimum being certified. It ain't that hard for people to circumvent that players. First contract, they're going to need for real agent, uh, 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 a tenured agent, that tenured agent brings in that player, that, that player's friend teaches in the ropes with the understanding that after the second contract, they ain't getting that player no more. Agents know they're not stupid. They're going to continue to ride the way. They're going to take advantage of it, make their bread up front, and then go ahead and let these guys go because that's just kind of how the game rolls. That's how the game works. Can't do anything about it. So, so yeah, I I don't know what to think about the NCAA I, trying to put in these Rich Paul slash Uncle Dennis rules. Because you got to add to Uncle Dennis in there too because Uncle Dennis pissed a lot of people off in the NBA in, in, in you know, for Kawhi. But you can also remember, too, when it comes to being an agent, that's your job. Your job is to be the shield because the because the business's job is to pay you your their clients, their assets as little as possible. And as the agent, your job is to fight for more just so the player doesn't feel like it's personal. But but at the same time, players always feel like it's personal because like, really, you undervalue me that much. It's life. They're playing with salary caps. And that's the way they do it. All right. So, hard knock. Hard knock. I don't um I don't actually watch hard knock ever. I'm not big into it. That drama that comes with what hard knock is, it's never been something that was interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know people that watch it like crazy. I think Jimmy's probably watching it. He's he's all for it. He's excited about it. But that's not me. I, I just I can never get into it. Plus, I usually have all kinds of other stuff that I'm trying to 
focus on to get myself going. So, anywho, I did want to talk a little bit about the fact that the hard knock is for the Raiders. And I've seen on a few shows and a few people talking about it. I read a couple articles about it. And everyone's loving the Raiders being on hard knocks because they are, of course, a big circus. They are... They are who we who we know they are. It's John Gruden, and it's a big circus. And so, Sporting News, I was kind of reading through their article, talking about a recap of it, and some of the big things, of course, the big moments is Chucky's um, Chucky's night, new nightmare, basically, is basically John Gruden talking about, uh, and I quote, I'm really not into dreams anymore. I'm into nightmares. You've got to end somebody's dream. You've got to take their job. You've got to take their heart. Just went, baby. And so, yeah, it super intense. Now, I got to give it to him. The motivational speech felt like it could have been motivational, but at the same time, I was a little creeped out more than anything. I thought it was a little... I thought it was a little much, but that's but that's okay. Then this story I was reading, me and Jimmy was talking about yesterday was... Uh, well, the other day was uh, Derek Carr buys a Las Vegas home next door to John Gruden. All right, so, I mean, I I don't know how to feel about it because the first thing that comes to me is, is that, I mean, are you going to have like some late night film sessions? Are you going to have a late night you're fired session? What makes you think, Derek Carr, that you are the quarterback of the future for John Gruden? Because to be honest, I haven't heard him say really anything nice about you. That's noteworthy. But guess who I felt like was a noteworthy comment that he made about? Was your backup, Nathan Peterman. That Peterman, he's growing on me. That Peterman, something special. Yeah, the Peterman who is statistically the worst quarterback in NFL history. Who's somehow still in the league. Now, granted, he was in Buffalo, and that's probably the reason why. It's like Buffalo has terrible bad karma. After a bot botched sale to someone that didn't need to buy them or couldn't afford to actually lied about it. And all the way into them trying their hardest to get rid of Tyrod Taylor, who took them to the playoffs for the first time in some years. I don't know what that truly means. You know what I'm saying? Like you got rid of who you wanted to get rid of. You got rid of him, but he, he got you to the playoffs and y'all ain't, seen it since but then you got Peterman who has done nothing but be the worst quarterback ever and that's who John Gruden's praising so of course on hard knocks you know I'm if anything I want to see is see how much is he talking about the Peterman that's really it and then of course we go into the rest of the divas on there you've got Vontez Burfecht who hates another guy Antonio Brown who also hates him who are now teammates they're on the opposite side of the field which raises the question of if Antonio Brown comes across the middle, is Vontez Burfecht actually going to hit him? Or is he going to let him slide this time after, you know, he tried to put him in the hospital a couple years ago? Well, we don't know because Antonio Brown ain't playing right now. Not sure if you knew this, but Antonio Brown's been having some foot issues. So they found out he has some foot issues. What's up with the foot issue? Well, it looks like that a report has come out that his man was in France and he went into those cryogenic chambers, you know, the really, really cold therapy, but he didn't have the proper footwear on, probably had like some wet socks or something. Yeah, 
and he um they believe he has frostbite on his feet now when i think about frostbite somebody mentioned this before and i thought it was hilarious because it's the truth when i think about frostbite i think about amputation somebody's getting something amputated something getting cut off so when i heard he had frostbite on his feet i'm like oh shoot they gotta cut his feet off because like for real like i mean that's the only thing i thought about was that there's a chance that this dude's gonna lose his feeding he didn't they said it looks he put pictures up on it and of course we unfortunately see it and it looked disgusting like his toe feet are peeling off. But because of it, he's out for a couple weeks. He's got to wait for that bad boy to heal. It's quite disgusting to be honest, but it happens to people that go into these chambers in the cold and don't realize they should be uh, better prepared. And then of course they have um, Antonio Brown's son, uh, his son stole the spotlight asking him questions about stuff. And he was asking him, Hey, where's Roethlisberger? And then to me, I mean, at their age, you would think they would probably understand, but he had to explain to him that, Hey, you know, I'm on a different team and my new quarterback is Derek Carr and most likely going to end up being Nathan Peterman. So hopefully Peterman can just throw it really, really deep and I can figure out how to get it myself. If my feet work, we got to see what my feet look like at that point. But yeah, that was the thing. So Antonio Brown's feet, Derek Carr, they said he was trying too hard on the show being the nice guy, but at the same time he was being weird. He also lives next door to his head coach who hasn't really said anything very fond about him since he's been there. I don't know. The, the big circusness of, the hard knocks, I don't, I can't get into it. It just, it's, I don't, I don't mind it. Like, like I'll help with the selection of what team I think should do it best. Cause I mean, it's great entertainment for you guys. Everyone loves it. Um, I just don't, I don't get into it. I, it's not something I want to waste my time on. Cause I, I could just read the cliff notes on it and understand what's going to happen. I could have told you guys that the Raiders was going to be a circus and that's what we were prepared for. Vontez Burfick, Antonio Brown, Derek Carr, John Gruden, the Peter man. And I'm not sure who else is on the team anymore. But that's what I think about. They should have kept Khalil Mack, but that's a different story for another day. But it's just it's a big circus of people. Like we don't know. We don't know who they have. And, but all we, we do know that it's going to be nothing but a bunch of mess. So go out, watch uh hard knocks. Let me know how it is. Uh, I'm good. I mean, Jonathan Abram was riding horse. Uh, Cleveland Pharrell, they were bonding over horseback or something like that. And then of course, old time road is what everybody's joke is, but it's, um, I don't know. I, it's it's not for me, but at the same time, it is definitely good football entertainment. It's great content for us because we're going to start learning about a whole bunch of stuff about this team over the next couple of weeks. So keep your eyes open for that next episode because um, our next episode, we'll definitely be talking about it too. So I'm going to wrap us up with some really easy talk about um, your boy, Kevin Durant. All right. So Kevin decided to go on a 
He went on um, Chris Hayes. Chris Haynes, he did an interview with him with Yahoo Sports. Chris does a phenomenal job with his interviews as well as uh, his podcast. I've listened to a few players on there uh, not too long ago, and it was some good stuff. You know, it's some very good content, good conversation, and he asked some really good questions. So so Chris and uh, Kevin chopped it up. And this is where, unfortunately, for me as a Thunder fan, I will definitely be defending not only Steve Kerr, but Golden State and everything in the situation. So in the big piece, Chris asked him, do you blame Golden State for what happened to you? You being injured, did they pressure you? And Kevin's like, hell no. How can you blame the Warriors? Hell no. I heard the Warriors pressured me into getting back. Nobody never said a word to me during rehab as I was coming back. It was only me and Rick, who is the director of sports medicine and performance, working out every day. Right when the series started, I targeted game five. Hell no, it just happened. And so he's like, it's basketball. Bleep. Happens. Nobody was responsible for it. It was just the game. We just need to move on from that bleep because I'm going to be back playing. And so it's a, it's it's funny that he comes out and says this and really refutes what everybody was saying. I remember when Kendrick Perkins was mentioning about how Kevin was not very – that the Warriors did him dirty and they misdiagnosed his injury. And then, and then who was that? Uh, Rick uh, Butcher uh, – Rick Buecher, I'm sorry. Rick Buecher for uh, Bleacher Report was saying that um, he was really pissed with the Warriors about that injury when it's all coming out that Kevin's like, no, nothing against them. And then, so he continued on with it and said, no matter what the series was, I was aiming for game five. That's why I played when it was 3-1. No matter what, I just wanted to play in the finals. I just wanted to hoop, especially if I could be out there. I was feeling good leading up to it. I was working out every day. I was gradually getting better to my back, getting back to myself during the two-a-days. I was really locked in on my game and trying to get back. I really wanted to play that series. So if you, if you, if you listen to what Kevin Durant just basically said is that as much as we want to blame golden state for this situation, say, Oh, golden state pressured him. They forced him to come back. They made him feel bad. Media did this. No, 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 no. Kevin wanted to play. And I said this a long time ago. The one thing about Kevin Durant that I will give to him is that he just loves playing basketball. He loves everything about basketball. He's one of the most dedicated to the game of basketball people that I've ever seen in my life. Now, Kevin, Kevin, now, now Le- LeBron is also very much dedicated. Most of the players in the league are, but they're also distracted in a way because they also were interested in being parents. They want to be fathers. They want to have families. They want to run charities. They want to do a lot of the different stuff. Kevin, Kevin just want to hoop. If Kevin can hoop, Every day of the week, all day, he would do it. But because he knows his health, he can't do that in real life, and it's not realistic. He takes his breaks. But I remember during the lockout in 2012, when uh, the Thunder ended up going to the finals that year, uh, 2011 season, 
he was in Stillwater playing flag football. Why? Because he wanted to be out. He was out playing pickup basketball in the randomest places of Oklahoma City because he wanted to hoop. Every summer you see videos of him working out with LeBron, working out with others, doing what? Hooping. Getting better. Working his butt off. Working his tail off because he wants to be a basketball player. That's it. Literally. So the notion that the Warriors forced and pressured him into playing has just been basically thrown out the window. And that was one report I did read that made the most sense out of all of it was that Kevin's doctor as well as the team doctor cleared him at the same time. That's why he came back. So Kevin's doing all this work and stuff, and they cleared him. And if you remember watching in the videos before the game, Kevin was doing three like like 720 spins in the air and 360s and jumping up and down and all of that. So he looked like he was good. But then it was just a freak accident when he got out there on the court. Put too much pressure down, pop, 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 snap that bad boy. But guess what? He wants to hoop. It's him. It was on him. So the notion that, they pressured him stupid. So outside of that, then it leads over to, to of course, you know, Steve Kerr. Now everybody's like, okay, now Steve Kerr's really going to have to see if he can coach. You got to really show us that he can coach. Did y'all not see that this dude could coach back when he was 73 and nine? Yeah. Uh, Luke Walton was there for the beginning of the run in like 20 and O or something like that. Yeah. Okay. But the season before, guess what happened? They won the NBA finals. Yes, Cleveland was hurt. It's typically what happens to every team in the playoffs. Somebody gets hurt and it's over for them. Yeah, but guess what? He won 60-something games his first year there. I don't care what y'all say. Mark Jackson did good. Steve Kerr did great with that team. Because remember, it's the same roster. Iguodala, Draymond. Clay, Steph, same roster that Mark Jackson had his last year, and they got eliminated. Why did they get eliminated? Because they were very easy to predict. But what Steve Kerr did was he looked at the talent that he had on the roster and said, this is what we need to do. We need to switch it up this way. Hey, remember when David Lee played for them? Yeah, Mark Jackson didn't want him to come out the game. Remember when Iggy was starting? Steve Kerr came to him and said, hey, you're aging. You're still a solid contributor, but I want you to be here longer. You think about coming off the bench. That's something that Carmelo should have embraced. Should have been like, you know what? Yeah, I'm getting older. My, I don't have the same first step. But if you put me out there with the second stringers, oh, I get buckets all day. Carmelo would have averaged 25 a game off the bench without playing in the fourth quarter for at least the last five minutes. He didn't want it. Iggy did. That's the difference. Sean Livingston got him back up and running. This was on Steve Kerr. This is coaching. This is him teaching them how to do a free-flow offense, motion, movement. Because remember, Steph's the point guard, but he kept the ball in Draymond's hand more often because Steph plays better off the ball. This is why I think Golden State's going to be just fine with D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry in the backcourt. Steph plays better off the ball, comes across screens and and chunks it because he's a shooter. But at the same time, dude's got mad handles. So he can go out there and he can dribble past people. He can shake them up and go in for a layup. But he's even better because why? He can do a lot. Now, Steph ain't the GOAT. He's probably the GOAT shooter. But he can ball. 
Steve Kerr did a really good job of unlocking it. So adding Kevin Durant in, it was a tougher element because they had to go cheaper with all the rest of the roster. So with this piece, with them saying that they pressured Kevin to come in, no, Kevin's just a hooper, man. And I'm going to keep reiterating that. Kevin Durant loves basketball. And he shows it here. And so it's funny, like, I saw Kendrick Perkins send out a tweet or something about, you know, you learn about people being fake in your face or something like that. And I was like, okay, so I guess Kevin told you one thing and he's telling everybody else something else? I mean, he's known for doing that. He had a burner account, but that's not the point. The point is, in this conversation, he's basically saying, hey, I want to play basketball. And to me, I'm just going to take it for that. You want to know why? Because he's always shown us the only thing he wants to do is play basketball. So you guys can try to say that you feel like he's lying and you think that he's trying to cover up for somebody. I'm just going to tell you that you're dumb at that point. Why? Because you should believe people. You should believe when people show you who they are. And the one thing that Kevin Durant has always shown us, and I'm going to repeat it over and over, is that he's a hooper. He wants to be on the court. So I'm glad to see that he's getting healthy. I'm ready to see him next year with the Nets, with Kyrie. Ready to see if that implodes or not, or see if they can be successful. You never know. they got a good opportunity. It's going to be a fun next two seasons. So, appreciate y'all joining me as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. You know we do this twice a week. We're on WMQGRadio.com Tuesdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern. Um, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. So if you miss us live, you can hear us on the road. So for my co-host Jimmy, as well as Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you for holding it down for me this late at night, putting together my solo show. Check us out on Monday. Me and Jimmy will have some good stuff. We'll be talking about, of course, all the hot topics, especially some of these games this weekend because Baker Mayfield is dropping dimes, and so is Daniel Jones, the Night King. What? So for Bob, Mike, Wendy, thank you. My co-host Jimmy. Check us out next week. Half Burst Sports Show. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.